ready. It's game time, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a team that is known as Stoppers. Stoppers. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Every single play, go take it. Bring that juice. Let's go get it. Come on. Chicago's best Bears coverage. Go Bears. Go Bears. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Hogue. The Bears angst in general. Everybody's like angry about it, I feel like. Just relax. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. This is just how it is. It's a range of emotions. It's a range of feelings and hot takes. Here they are. Fiery, feisty, and frequently ill. What's up? Welcome in week seven of the NFL season. The Bears head west for a road trip against Aaron Donald and the Rams. A little bit of a tiny rivalry almost developing here over the last couple seasons, Johnsy. Well, that's what happens when you play a team a few years in a row and your coaches get compared against one another and you got superstar players uh, on the defensive side of the ball. You got big names in this, man. Well, and of course, uh, some old time Bears fans are probably saying, well, the Rams and Bears have had a rivalry that goes back a long time, which is true. But it seems like the last couple seasons under Matt Nagy, this, is, uh, this has been ramping up a little bit. And it'll be a theme of us kind of referring to some of these matchups the last. A uh, couple seasons, especially against Aaron Donald, as uh, we get through this uh, with a with a little preview here, Bears and Rams. I'm excited for this game, Monday Night Football. Chris Emma, Robert, what kind of dog do you have? I have a Rottweiler. There you go. <laughs> it's becoming my uh, favorite uh, soundbite. There you go. There we should have gone to to Los Angeles. Of all the trips, like this three game swing that we're missing. Like, I miss it. Like, Charlotte, great town. L.A., would have loved to gone there. Nashville's coming up next. I adore that town. <laughs> Can't do it. Can't do it. So, I, I feel a little bit frustrated sitting at home, but, yeah, it should be a good yeah. game. I would like to see that new stadium, but there will come a time and a place for that. And, um, yeah, I'm just trying really hard not to think about <laughs> some of those I'm trying to think of the positives of not having to travel and all that extra time I have, which still doesn't seem like a lot of time, but some time to get some other things done in life, which is also necessary. Uh, but welcome in. It is our Bears-Rams preview show. Uh, we'll have the Rams side covered here in, in a moment with uh, a special guest, and then uh, we'll we'll break it down like we normally do. You can follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H O G E at Adam Johns, J A H N S. Read us at NBC sports, Chicago.com is where you read me. And of course the athletic, the athletic.com slash Hogan Johns is where you can subscribe, read all of Johnsy's and uh, Fishbane's coverage. Did you guys figure out a trade for the bears to make or what? Yeah. I like the idea of giving up a late round pick with some conditions on it for, an offensive guard. I just I'm not sure which guard that is. But if I had to make one trade and I think it could be a like a realistic move, that's what I would do. Okay. What about Quentin Spain who's just open? Available? No, you could sign him, but I I feel yeah. like, you know, with look at the Snacks Harrison thing. You know, these guys will take their tours, you know, they'll be signed to a practice squad. It just takes time. The, the tree the, the trade, the trades intrigue me a bit more. Well, speaking of trades, there was a big one in the NFC North today. Is the Vikings are just moving on to 2021. White flag. White flag alert. Spent a second-round pick on 
Yannick Ngakwe, which I thought was a great trade before the season. They needed some pass rush help, and and now they're saying, yeah, you know what? Let's cut our losses. We're not going to be able to keep him, and we're going to send him for away to Baltimore, which is where he really wanted to be in the first place, and only get a third round pick. Now there's some conditionals in there. They ended up basically evening out, but they essentially lose a whole round worth of draft picks uh, for the Yannick Ngakwe thing, which just tells you that they – I thought it was pretty obvious they were going through a rebuilding season. I thought Ngakwe made a lot of sense because I thought offensively they'd be fine and some of the youth movement would be on the defensive side. So you can negate that a little bit with with the pass rush help. And obviously they're worse than they thought they'd be. And I think that was a little bit of an eye-opener against the Falcons the other day. Other day. So um, just another example of how this really does seem like it's going to be a Bears and Packers battle in the NFC North. To a team race, and the white flag is officially hoisted and waving in Minneapolis. Just flapping in the wind. Well, I'll tell you what. If the problem with having a sweepstakes for Trevor Lawrence, anytime we talk about a sure number one court, like look at Joe Burrow right now. Joe Burrow's playing well. He's in Cincinnati, though. They got a lot of work to do there. All right. If there was a team in the mix right now for Trevor Lawrence that could somehow get up there and be instantaneously pretty damn competitive, the Vikings, I think, would be that team. You know, they're they're they are in a rebuild year, but they still have talent. They have a youth movement going on there. I don't think they need to necessarily do like what the Dolphins did last year and sell everything. But if they could somehow lose, I think that's part of the problem. I think they're too good to lose enough games to get Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, and there's one point I should make here. You're, you are underrating the awfulness, the ineptitude, the stinkiness, the downright, you know, ridiculousness. Okay. Of the New York football Jets. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> you know? But see, that's the thing. I, I don't wish the New York Jets on Trevor Lawrence. Oh. And you, you see Dabo is getting questions from the New York media now on his Zoom calls <laughs> every week. Yes, they've infiltrated the media yeah. calls. Um, and the, I forget which reporter it was, but whoever called in was like, yeah, sorry, we don't have much else to talk about up here. <laughs> <laughs> just, just Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I did see one mock draft today that has Trey Lance, the North Dakota State quarterback I like, going to... The Minnesota Vikings. They do yeah, need a pick. quarterback. Yeah, they do. You know, I, I, I didn't mind that they... We don't need to do a Vikings podcast here, but there's some news in the NFC North. Um, Kirk Cousins, your guy. My uh, guy. It's, okay. How it's do you time, like that? It's time for you to trade Kirk Cousins. <laughs> for who? All right, well, let's talk about these Los Angeles Rams. Off to a pretty good start this season, but uh, stumbled last week against the 49ers. We bring in Rich Hammond. Staff editor, NFL writer, and uh, co-host of the 11 Personnel podcast on The Athletic. You follow him on Twitter, at Rich underscore Hammond, as he joins us now. Rich, thanks for taking the time as we get ready for this Monday Night Football matchup. Yeah, it's good to be with you guys. Very interesting game. One of the things we, we talked on uh, touched on here early is the Bears and Rams have had these uh, low-scoring, tight games the last couple of years. Um, I don't know. It almost... It almost feels like one of those side rivalries that's starting to develop. You know, out of the division, just slightly a little bit. They've been good games, and and again this year, b- both teams are competitive at least, obviously. 
Yeah, the one thing I go back to is I remember that 2018 game in in Chicago and the Bears were really the first team, if you look at it, to slow down that Rams offense. You you look at the production that they'd had all season long. I mean, they were putting up 30, 35, 40 points on pretty much everybody all season, went in there to Soldier Field, and I think they scored like six that game. And and really, that kind of set the, the tone. I mean, the Rams ended up going to the Super Bowl that year, uh, but the offense was never really the same. I mean, they had a couple of good games, but I, I think the Bears and uh, you know, Vic Fangio being the, the defensive coordinator at that point, I, I think they kind of provided a blueprint for the rest of the NFL to kind of be like, OK, here's how you slow down that Sean McVay offense a little bit. So um, obviously the Bears have had some good personnel on defense. And, and yeah, that game last year was was a little bit of a slog at times, too. But, uh, you know, it forces the Rams to, to play a little bit of a different way. And, and I think they've tried to learn and adapt uh, from a couple of those games. So this will be a good test to see how much they've learned. One of those guys that helped Vic Fangio is now on the Rams staff. He's in charge of the the Rams defense. Brandon Staley, great guy, uh, very energetic. I remember talking to him a lot, Adam, um, over his couple of years here. What has he done? Like, how, how would you characterize maybe the differences, the tweaks that he's made since taking over the Rams defense? Well, he's a lot more versatile in, in what he, he does. And and I think that's one thing that Sean McVay uh, wanted. I mean, it's one thing to, to have a really good defensive scheme and, and to have it set and, and to, to know what it is. And, and Wade Phillips was obviously a genius at that. I mean, he could, uh, he could scheme things up for his players. But I think what Sean was looking for was somebody who could be a little bit more versatile from week to week, opponent to opponent, sometimes even quarter to quarter, depending on, on how things are going. And, and I think you've seen that. Uh, from Brandon Staley already. There's been a couple of games where that defense was really kind of struggling in the first half, a little bit porous, um, you know, some issues going on. And he was able to turn that around in in a game with some adjustments, whether it be uh, personnel adjustments or, or, or schemes or, or formations and things like that. So uh, he's brought that. He's, he's brought a different way of looking at some of these guys. He's used Jalen Ramsey in, in ways that are very different than, than the Rams did last year. And, and really in in ways that Jalen's been used at all in his career. He's been in the slot more, uh, for, for one thing. So he's uh, not afraid to, to move guys around. He's not afraid to move Aaron Donald around. He's not afraid to move his safeties around. Um, so really, it's it's a lot more difficult defense to scheme for, not not only from week to week, but um, sometimes even inside a game. So he is kind of, a, I'd, I'd say he's kind of like that mad scientist almost in, in the same vein that Sean McVay is on the offensive side. You know, the Bears would call Vic Fangio a mad scientist, a defensive genius all the time. If you guys don't remember, Brandon Staley was Vic Fangio's outside linebackers coach, went with him to Denver, then he got the promotion with the Rams. And one of the guys he was close with here in Chicago was Leonard Floyd. Now, Leonard Floyd, of course, this is one of the the sub-storylines for this game is Leonard Floyd's revenge game against the Bears. The Bears' former first-round pick, Rich, what have you seen out of Leonard Floyd this season? Yeah, you know, they, they brought him in to kind of, they, they had Clay Matthews uh, last year, and, and I think they brought kind of brought him in to, to fill that role, uh, really important kind of in setting the edge um, on the outside there. You, you haven't seen Leonard Floyd very often kind of, you know, turn the corner and really go after the quarterback, and, and that's something that I think the Rams need a little bit more of. Obviously, when you have Aaron Donald up front, he can he can wreck things on his own pretty well. He doesn't, he doesn't need a whole lot of help, uh, but when he is driving, 
drawing those double teams or, or sometimes even that third guy coming in to, to chip him a little bit, uh, that's where you got to have the outside people applying a little bit more pressure. And, and if you're looking at that Rams defense in one area where they haven't really had that, uh, that's that's been the outside. So you'd like to see a little bit more uh, from, from Leonard Floyd there. He's not the only one who falls into that boat, by the way, but uh, you'd like to see it a little bit more. But but I think he's been pretty consistent in, in other areas. Um, he's he's clearly been a, a starter in at that outside spot. They've had some injuries, um, some effectiveness in uh, issues in other areas. So uh, he's been a reliable player, but I, I think there's still maybe another level you'd, you'd like to see from him. I know a lot of our listeners right now are listening to this and they're saying, yep, that sounds like Leonard Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> so what went wrong against the 49ers last week? One thing that, that surprised me was because the, and I know it's the matchup we're watching closely here in Chicago because the Bears offensive line had a horrendous game last week, but the 49ers had some issues on their old line. And obviously Aaron Donald had been just running over everybody every single week. And then all of a sudden it seemed like they, the 49ers were able to contain the, the Rams uh, up front. Well, they had a really good plan and they executed it very well. And and the Rams also didn't deal with it very well. I mean, it was very clear what the 49ers were trying to do. It was get rid of the ball in about two seconds and move it horizontally as much as you can and not throw it down the field. And they did a very good job with that. And they used their personnel uh, that they have to, to turn some of those short yardage catches into, you know, longer catches. But that'll that the Rams helped them, I should say, because they didn't tackle very well. They didn't pursue very well. They didn't swarm the ball very well. So you saw a lot of those, what probably should have been, you know, two yard swing passes and things like that turn into eight or 10 or 12 uh, because the Rams just weren't very tight in, uh, especially some of those linebackers we're talking about, uh, maybe even some of the cornerbacks. They did tighten that up in the second half. So if, if you look at uh, the progression of the game, it certainly got better on the on the defensive side there. But early on, I mean, the I don't have it in front of me, but the, but the yards after catch, uh, you know, for, for Jimmy G, you know, his, his air yards versus the yards after catch, it was insane. I mean, it was so uh, – they were not throwing the ball down the field at all. They were not holding the ball. They were not, you know, doing five-step drops or trying to hit somebody deep. It was all just get the ball out, get it out, get it sideways ways try to get those yards after catch and and they executed that well and because the Rams uh, weren't weren't very tight in in some of their coverage and tackling they were able to help turn some of those into into bigger plays rich to, to go off that how would you hyper analyze then maybe their 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 four and two record right their, their two losses are against the the bills and 49ers probably the two best teams they've played on their schedule their, their wins three against the NFC East. I mean, and we all know that's like the worst division or all their wins. Four, against, yeah. Yeah, all four against the NFC East. And we know that's the worst division in football. I mean, so when you see that, like what do you make out of out of that success versus their, their failures against two better teams? Yeah, I mean, at the end of that, you know, parade through the NFC East, I mean, my, my takeaway was kind of like, well, they did what they needed to do. I mean, you can't you, you can't beat a team, you know, <laughs> twice. You can't beat them any better than than getting one win against them. So they, they kind of checked off the boxes. But I, I think it's fair to say that at four and one, you didn't know a whole lot. And I think that San Francisco game was going to kind of be the first decent test. And I think a lot of people expected the Rams to win that game. And I think they should have won that game. 
game and for, for them to struggle that the way that they did, uh, it, it raised more quest questions than, than it answered. That's for sure. And not only on the defensive side of the ball, by the way, because the Rams looked really out of sync uh, on offense too. Um, so I, I think they'd built up a pretty decent look. They did what they needed to do. People said, well, you only beat the four NFC East teams. Well, those were the four teams on the schedule. You can't, you can't, they couldn't <laughs> schedule anybody else. It sounds like a Chicago radio <laughs> conversation about the Bears. Yes. So, you know, they did what they needed to do, but I think even the most optimistic Rams fan was saying, okay, that's good, but we still need to see it against some of these better teams. And and to have that uh, first test be against the 49ers and, and frankly, for it to not go very well, I think it, it certainly rang, raised the anxiety in LA by a factor of about five. So you brought up the offense there. What how is Jared Goff being viewed right now out in L.A.? I mean, it seems like from the outside he's maybe somewhat hit a ceiling uh, in his career tra- trajectory, but he's still clearly an NFL starter to me. It's just, I don't know, he doesn't necessarily overwhelm you uh, in most games, I, I would say. So how is he viewed out there? Yeah, I mean, I think I don't want to put words in your mouth, but when I think of the word ceiling, I think, yeah, he's there's only so much he can do with his skill set. He's never going to be a Patrick Mahomes. He's never going to be a Lamar Jackson, a Russell Wilson, or even like a, you know, in his prime Aaron Rodgers, somebody like that, where, uh, yeah, he's just going to dominate a game and, and take it over. But that's not really what they asked Jared to do. They asked him to play within that system, and it's that system is set up very well for his particular skill set. And and that's why I think, you know, when things go wrong with Jared, a lot of the times it's when things go wrong around him, uh, when the offensive line, uh, especially in the in the interior, isn't, isn't blocking very well or that run game isn't there. And I think you saw a lot of those issues come up last year. And and that that's a knock on Jared. And I, I think to some extent it's a reasonable one when people say, well, he needs things to be perfect around him in, in order to be an effective quarterback. I think that's overstating it a little bit, but uh, I think it's also fair to say that, yeah, he does, you know, when, when things break down a little bit, he probably doesn't handle it as well as, as some of those other uh, elite, elite quarterbacks. So what you saw in the first four or five games, essentially, uh, he had that support. The Rams uh, blocked very well. The run game was was pretty effective as they try to sort that out with a kind of a three-headed monster. Got some good production out of his receivers and tight ends. So he looked pretty good based on uh, what was going on last week. Uh, they couldn't quite figure out the run game. They didn't go to it probably as strong as they should have. He had some drops from some really uh, surprising drops from Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. They couldn't quite things get things going there. And so, yeah, you can see it. You can see it when things start to go wrong around him that, that maybe he's not quite uh, as sharp. So I understand that, that uh, criticism uh, of Jared. But I think overall, I think you've seen some improvements. But it, it really is... Uh, kind of about what's going on around him and and making sure that he's put in positions uh, uh, to have success. When you look at the matchups in this game, Rich, is there any one that maybe we should highlight in Chicago that you're thinking about there? I know we're thinking about Aaron Donald going up against whoever is at left guard for the Bears, whether that's Rashad Coward or Alex Bars. Big hole for them right now. And I like this fun fact, too. Adam, get this. Do you know that Aaron Donald has not sacked Nick Foles? How about I actually that? 
just saw that the other day. Yeah, that that is a surprise. They were teammates for a little while there. So yeah, it's it's funny how that goes because he just like he can't avoid a guy like Russell Wilson for whatever reason. Like he's just he's all over Russell Wilson, but yet Nick Foles is just like the a ghost <laughs> for some reason. So what is it? Like matchup wise, is it Donald versus that left guard? Is it uh, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods versus Jalen Johnson, Kyle Fuller? Like what are you looking at this week? I, I tend to think I, I certainly think on the on the Rams defensive side, yeah, it's it's Aaron Donald. If you if you can find a way to to have him get the, it's not even about the sacks with him. I mean, you know, I know people look at the sacks, but it, it's the pressure that he puts on, kind of on a snap to snap basis. So if if he's in a position where he's doing that, then yeah, that's 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 a problem. Um, on the other side, I'd actually look at the Rams run game because I, th- I think that sets up a lot of what they like to do. And and I think, in, again, going back uh, to, to 2018 and some of the struggles that they had last season, uh, when you can take that away from the Rams, it really kind of gets them out of sync. It gets Jared out of his comfort level when all of a sudden he's in a, a second and eight or a third and seven or whatever it is, and, and he has to stand there in the pocket and try to make a play. Um, he can do that, but it, the, the comfort level is so different when you get him into like a second and five or a third and two or something like that. I mean, you can just, you can almost see the body language is a little bit different. So uh, it'll be interesting. Rams fans have been a little bit anxious because uh, they're having some issues sorting it out with, with Daryl Henderson, with Malcolm Brown, with Cam Akers. They've got three of these guys. They all have skill sets that are a little bit different. They've all had success at different times this season. But uh, Sean McVay seems to be, I don't want to say struggling, but he's still trying to find his way a little bit in terms of how to use that rotation. And do you stick with the hot hand? Uh, Do you put a guy in there because he's better at pass protection than than the other two? Um, So I I think they really need to get that figured out. And if they can establish that run early, it's a whole different looking offense. Whereas if, if the Bears can shut them down, uh, especially in the first couple drives, and put them in some third and longs and get them a little bit frustrated, uh, it, it changes the complexion of the of the Rams' offense entirely. So any feel on, a, on an early pick here? Uh, which one of these teams is going to win three to nothing? <laughs> in overtime? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, 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 you know, it's, they're both two teams where you're like, who are these guys? You know, you don't really know what what the reality is. Uh, I, I think the Rams are going to be frustrated after the the way that they played on on uh, against San Francisco because it's one of those where they look at it and they go, man, we just made a lot of mistakes and we just didn't play to to our capabilities. I, I tend to think that the bounce back factor for the Rams there is going to be good. I, I think they're going to be motivated uh, not to have another loss, uh, knowing how tough that division is. So so I, I, I forget. Somebody asked me for a prediction. I, I think I said something like 20, 21 to 17 uh, Rams or, or something like that, which probably is a little bit high. But I, I think the Rams will score enough. And um, I, I think that defense, uh, again, it gets better as the game goes on. So if you're a Bears fan, that's one thing to watch. You definitely want to jump out to a lead. You, you want to have that halftime lead because uh, if you're trailing at halftime, it's probably going to be hard to come back against these Rams. Yeah, I agree. That first quarter, especially, is going to be big for both of these teams. One of the, one of those grinded out types types of games, I think. Rich, thanks so much for joining us. Rich Hammond from the Athletic. Uh, follow him on Twitter at rich underscore Hammond for all the Rams side of things uh, this week. Thanks so much. All right, thanks, guys. All right, Johns. Good stuff from Rich Hammond there uh, to get the LA side of things here in this matchup. Time to get to our three 
big questions, which I wrote up this week, and we got some fun ones from the listeners too. Ask for some creativity. They delivered. Good. We'll start with this though. Over under one and a half sacks for Aaron Donald. Here, here's well, here's a preview of my bold prediction. Okay. I could have. You know what? I could have. I wish there was Vegas odds. If someone had offered me, I would have put a thousand dollars down that your your bold prediction would be the Bears not letting Aaron Donald get to the quarterback. <laughs> that is bold, right? It's not bold. It's idiotic. It's insane. You think he's getting to him? Yes. Give me five sacks. <laughs> no, just kidding. He's, he's playing the Washington football team again. <laughs> yeah. So he had four. I'm poor Alex Smith. Like first game back, you know, great story. Hey, here's Aaron Donald for you. Just, just gonna destroy you. you yeah, speaking, good of, luck. speaking of idiocy. <laughs> yes, yes. So that's what happened. So Aaron Donald, I think, what he's got seven and a half sacks this year. He had four against Washington a couple weeks ago. He had zero, nada, zilch against the 49ers. Obviously, a better game plan. I'm gonna say. Under on this. Now, I'm not going to say he's going to have an awful game. It's Aaron Donald. He's going to have a great game, just not a fantastic game against the Bears. So I'm going under on this Aaron Donald prediction. I'm going to go over. I'm going to say two and a half. Ooh. Put Nick Foles for the first time on his back. Yeah. I mean, because not only do you have, okay, at zero last week, there's going to be a bounce back factor, right? It's just the plexiglass theory. He's going to come back. He'll get to the quarterback, and then he's also facing the Bears' offensive line. So I think it's well documented at this point how I feel about that, and uh, and I'll take two and a half sacks there. All right, well, speaking of the other side of things, who starts at left guard in this game? Are we going to see a change? I think I want to. Um, I don't know if the Bears are going to do it, so I'm going to say Rashad Coward. Like I feel like Alex Bars deserves a chance to play a bit more. I feel like we know what Coward is. Like what his ceiling is. We saw a lot of them last year. Put the young guy in, see what Coward can do. So I'm going to say Rashad Coward, but I would like to see Alex Bars. I would too. Um, I kind of feel the same way. Like It's clear that they, they feel like Rashad Coward's the, the better option, right? But isn't it also weird how he didn't, he was active in that game. James Daniels got hurt. So why didn't he go in it? Like, did game? he really need the practices there? Is it was that really the difference maker? Because it didn't look like it. Didn't look like it at all against the Panthers. But so I mean, that was the motivation. Is they had to practice, practice. him there, and then uh, I, okay, well, if it comes down to practice, practice, then right, um, somewhere Allen I somewhere Allen Iverson's you know beside himself. Shouldn't shouldn't the snaps matter? Okay, so Alex Bars came in that game two weeks ago against the Bucks, and he gave up a sack right away. I really thought he settled down after that. I'm not saying he played great, but I didn't notice him as much the rest of the game. I noticed Rashad Coward a lot. That's usually not a good thing. I, you know what? So I'm going to say that tape should matter. If practice matters, that tape should matter. Alex Bars' tape two weeks ago was better. So to get in, I'm going to say he plays, and I think he should play. All right, third question. Defense, been trending the right direction, kind of very slowly each and every week and getting closer and closer and closer, so close actually to scoring that they literally have scored. And then 
had those touchdowns taken off, but have literally run into the end zone with the football uh, multiple times and had those touchdowns taken off the scoreboard because of officiating. So will the defense keep this positive momentum going, or do they take a step back uh, facing a pretty good Rams team? They keep it going, Adam. I think Jared Goff is going to be in for a long day. You may see them break out for, for a couple, I don't know, 15, 20-yard runs, but I think they settle down just like the Panthers did. They had a couple nice runs early, then Mike Davis was shut down, in the second half. I can see the same story unfolding on the road against the Rams. The, the problem is, I don't know what the offense is going to do. I, I don't know if they're going to have enough positives on, on, on defense to, to make up for some of the, the problems on, on offense. I, the Rams are, are just a bit more potent defensively, I think, than, than the Panthers, especially with some superstars. You know, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, you know, even Leonard Floyd, I could see getting in the backfield for and causing some problems. So, yes, the defense plays well. I just don't know if they play well enough to, to make up for some of the, the ineffectiveness on offense. Yeah, I think they keep it going, too. I like how they're trending. I think specifically with the run defense, and you heard Rich Hammond talk about how important it is for the Rams to get that run going early on in the game, and I, th- I think the Bears have been getting better. They're becoming less leaky. They fixed the leak. They're plugging the leaks. Yes. Now, what's is that, that um, gum or tar? That's the question. I was, what's that flex seal? Is that what that product <laughs> that is called? That does not work, actually. Don't say oh. that. It, Oh, wait, you're telling me that you can't puncture a giant hole in a boat and <laughs> and put tape on old. it no. and, and then it'll float without a leak? You're saying that doesn't work? No, not true, not true. That infomercial is tricking you. That is okay. false advertising. I never would have imagined that. No, no. So, um, no, they're not using that. They've gotten better. But, you know, I think the Rams defense makes some plays against the Bears offense. Well, the Bears have... they they're. They have something better than Flex Seal. They have uh, Akeem Hicks, Bilal Nichols, Robert Quinn, Khalil Mack. Pretty good front four. I think the Bears keep it going. I really do. I think they keep this momentum going. I think if you haven't noticed, they like playing on primetime, in primetime. I think they're going to come out flying on, with this with Monday Night Football going. Uh, and so I think that they, they keep it going on that side. All right. We have kind of a celebrity listener question this week. Ooh, um, I'm going to take a couple because actually we had a, a few good ones. I, I put out on Twitter, hey, we need some questions. Danny Parkins from 670 Score chimed in. said, what would the Bears record be? Because I asked for some creativity. He delivered. What would the Bears record be if every game was determined by an actual bear fighting an actual ram, lion, viking, etc.? Hmm. So I mean, we can go through the schedule. Does a does a bear beat a lion? Where in the cold in the winter? <laughs> well, I don't think a lion is going to be in the snow. Well, that's what I mean. Well, we got to get a think of location. Well, the games there. the games in L.A. So does a bear well, beat a lion in L.A.? And what type of bear are we talking about? Like a koala bear or a grizzly bear? Like a Kodiak bear? No, the bear. Of the bear that the bears are. Is the bear's okay. logo a koala? <laughs> Last time I checked, it wasn't. It's a brown bear. A grizzly bear. Okay. And I might take the bear, actually. Okay. Um, they could take the ram easily. 
What is a giant? Like, what is a giant? How do you... Like a giant person? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> like from fantasy? That's Might the, take the giant. Uh, the Viking? I think I'd take the bear. Yeah, Vikings, though. I, I feel like a Viking would be skilled enough to kill a bear. Yeah, I, I was trying to think of what era of Viking we should mention, because I think they had their, their ebbs and flows. <laughs> you know? Hashtag ebbs yeah. and flows for yes. Viking history. Yes. Yeah, yeah. There okay. was there was a couple decades there. If you follow, you know, Swedish Scandinavian history, where they were hot, they're unstoppable. But then they yes. tailed off. You know, I think the Vikings were from Norway, but not entirely. Yeah, yeah. Scandinavia. It, okay, there we go. Finland. Obviously, yes. put them all together. <laughs> obviously, we're not history majors here. I was a math major. I wasn't actually, but uh, a falcon. That'd be kind of a tough fight. Falcons are... I think a bear would take a falcon down. That'd be kind of hard, though. They'd definitely beat a colt. Again, a pirate versus a... We're spending too much time on this. <laughs> okay. I think I took this question too seriously. Yeah. I know yeah. this. I know this. The The bears would be 2-0 and against the Packers every single year. Yes. Yes. So that's good. Um, all right, should we take a real question? Okay. Because there were there were a couple of good ones. Um, what is the status of your dynasty team that you're still playing in? Uh, that's not a good one. No, that's not. It, and also, is that it, somebody it, in your league? That ended like three or four years ago after uh, we caught a guy cheating, one of the commissioners. Oh. True story. I think I brought that up before. Yes. Um, also, now that Johnsy is done with his book, does he now have time for the Hogan Johns T-shirts that we've all been patiently waiting on. Yes, he does. Yes, he and, does. And I'll add, and a, actually, I'll add Kent, a couple more words. Four years we've been waiting <laughs> on these shirts. Kent. We'll get it. Kent's listening now. We, we have Kent Garrison in our, in our Is he working on them? Yes. No, Yours? no. We, we, we have to get it going. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, they would be sharp orange shirts, though. Okay, here's a good um, tweet from... I see this guy on Twitter a lot. Arturis Fan Club. This guy likes Arturis Karnaschovas. Uh, playoff football is different from regular season football. What does this offense need to be able to do to win playoff football games? And what can special teams do to help them? Well, I would say deliver short fields. But to me, it's... And we've seen it from him before. It's Nick Foles making big throws at big times in big games, and he's done it. He did it against the Bears in 2018. Everybody always obsesses over the miss by Cody Parkey, but Nick Foles led the the Eagles on a scoring drive right before that. That's why you needed Cody Parkey to, to make that make that kick. So, um, yeah, that's it. You need quarterback play. You need good quarterback play. You need efficient quarterback play, and you need your quarterback to step up in big moments, key moments of those games. And Nick Foles... As we all know, has a history of doing that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I hate to keep bringing up the same thing, but they they got to get their offensive line in order. Um, they're not going to turn it into the best offensive line in football, obviously. But again, I bring up when Nick Foles was that Super Bowl MVP, Nick Foles, and the the Eagles went on that run. One of the, one of their strengths was that offensive line, and so he was able to kind of get in that role behind them. They had a decent enough running game. Um, a few running backs, getting getting a push up front, 
So, I mean, I think that that's part of it. They got to find some way to get more consistency. At least like what they got out in 2018, right? Which is a lot of the same pieces. Didn't Brian Witzman play against the Rams? I that year? I believe Okay. So, that's kind of like picking up Quentin Spain off, you know, out of nowhere and just throwing him in there. Yeah. Sometimes it works. Sometimes I don't know why. It just it just does. Here's another question. Uh, hey, Sun Devil Bears fan getting uh, two shout-outs in the same week. What changed in Danny T, Danny Trevathan, and Roquan Smith's play from the start of the season where they were struggling to now where they're playing better? Is their good play sustainable or was it or was part of it due to opposing offensive coordinators unable to take advantage of their respective shortcomings? I think it's a... Uh... A combination of things. Um, you know, it was a weird offseason for these guys. And having things so condensed and you can't hit and being a middle linebacker is all about that type of vibe, the, the physicality of the sport. So maybe it took a while for these guys to, to get up to, to the flow of the game. Uh, Danny Gervathan does look like he's playing a lot better, uh, especially against the run. I, I think you see some shortcomings still in the passing game, but Roquan Smith has significantly improved in, in coverage. So I think that makes up for the decline on Danny Trevathan's side. I, I think it was just time. Like I understand that who they play matters, but to me, just seeing how well they're starting to play, I think it was just time getting up to game speed, getting up into to game shape. Yeah, Dan, Trevathan's still, there's something going on there. Something's still not right. He is getting better. And so I think that's where maybe game shape. The only thing, every time I think like, okay, slow start game, sh- I don't I don't remember him looking bad in training camp. Like that didn't stand out to me as a problem. See, what I do remember though is Cole Komet, Demetrius Harris, like the tight ends having a field day. So I maybe, almost that's, wonder- maybe that's why we were overrating the tight ends in camp. Yes, it was the struggles of the linebackers in coverage. Now, Roquan Smith has benefited from that. But maybe for Trevathan, the conversation is, oh, maybe he's on the wrong side of 30 now. But I like what Chuck Pagano's doing, bringing in DeAndre Houston Carson. It's technically a dime package because he's a safety, but if you really look at it, a lot of the times he's just playing that linebacker spot. He lines up next to Roquan Smith. So, but those are on coverage downs. It gives you a little bit more speed, and he's taking advantage of it. And as long as you know he doesn't look like a vulnerability there, then he's going to keep playing more. I would think so. There's there's ways. Those are the adjustments that you make to help a guy out, and uh, and that's the type of thing we're seeing. All right, it is that time. Even though you kind of already gave yours away. Bold predictions. Yeah, I did. Aaron Donald, uh, I'll get bolder. Half a sack. That's it. Maybe he shares it with Leonard Floyd. That's a bold Ooh. prediction, too. Ooh, how about that? Okay, Leonard Floyd, half a sack. Bold prediction. Shares it with Aaron <laughs> Donald. Bold-er prediction. <laughs> so they both get half a sack. They share it. They share it. Okay, that's pretty specific. That'll be hard to come in. That, that, okay. You, know, you do got to watch out for uh, Leonard Floyd. He would come up big against the Packers. So maybe if he just loves playing the Bears so much, he'll come up big with some. He made a nice tackle for loss last week. Isn't that how we always talked about Leonard Floyd? It's like, yeah, yeah he had that, yeah, he had that yeah. one play. You know, you're right, though. When Rich was describing his 
like his season. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the guy we covered for four years. Right. Can't get the quarterback, good player overall, but needs those sacks. Uh, okay, I am going to say that uh, Cairo Santos hits four field goals on this game. Yeah, give me a distance. Give me one distance on him. What, has got to be specific? 43 yards from the left hash. <sighs> Not that specific. Has he got a 50-yarder in that leg? I don't know. I, four he's field goals a, in one game. He's coming off a career high in the road. That's, that's tough. Four field goals. It is. Um, that's my whole... Uh, yeah, okay. One of them is over 48. 48 or over. Okay. okay. I like it. All right, so there's there's your your kicking the bolt prediction. <laughs> predictions. Predictions. I'm gonna go Rams right now, but I it is Thursday. Hearing what Rich said about you know their the Rams' ability to beat up on the NFC East, like that's you could poke holes in the Rams' season right now, but you could poke holes in the Bears' season right now. So today. At 2.57 Central Time in Chicago this Thursday, I'm picking Rams right now, 23-20. But I feel like by Monday, I'm going to be feeling bears in this one. That's the worst prediction I've ever heard. <laughs> I, I just want to change it later. <laughs> Thursday. You just give it yourself an out. Okay. I'm going to stand by. I'm not, even, I'm not just going to stand by this prediction. I'm going I'm going back to my preseason prediction. Uh which was I didn't think the Rams were that good. They might not be. Like I just didn't like I don't like their strategic their strategery their strategery. You know, they're they're keep trading away assets, signing expensive players like how, I just know that this is not how the NFL works. You need draft picks and uh you got to spread the money out. So, you know, I and I don't even understand where they're coming up with all this money from, but they they somehow do it. Uh, and then you look, and, and so they they start the season four and one. But yeah, I here's the thing: I it was it was actually their loss against the Bills that made me feel like they were for real. So they come out. This, this is where the perspective of the season really starts. Like you, you, The bigger picture, you start to learn things like this time of year, right? Mid to late October. So they come out, they beat the Cowboys. We all thought the Cowboys were pretty good. They go to Philadelphia and they handle the Eagles. Handle them. And I thought the Eagles were pretty good. Not great, but I thought both those teams were in, you know, it's a good start to the season if you're the Rams. You're, you're going, wow, the Rams are better than I thought they were. Then they go to the Buffalo. And yeah, the fans weren't there in Buffalo, and they got a really loud fans and all that, but they weren't there. But they, they play a high-scoring 35-32 game, and they should have won if it wasn't for a bad pass interference call at the end of the game. You know, even though they lost, the Bills are good. It's a pretty impressive start. Okay, then they this maybe should have been the warning sign. That Giants game wasn't that good. They kind of struggled offensively. Now the Bears did two against the Giants. I guess that'd be kind of similar. Uh, and then, okay, they hand the Washington. But now they finally play a division rival 
the team that went to the Super Bowl last year, the 49ers, and they didn't look that good. So here we are, and I'm starting to look at this big picture, Johns. I'm going, I don't think the Rams are much different than they were last year when the Bears played them, to be honest with you. And the Bears played a horrendous game in L.A. last year. They, they were not clicking offensively, and they weren't not, not clicking offensively right now either, but they were in a worse shape, weren't they? Yeah, I still believe Mitch Trubisky got benched. There you go. Let's start that up again. Let's do that podcast again. <laughs> benched. Wanted to keep playing. <laughs> Matt Nagy said no. Benched. Okay. Sorry. What's your pick? Sorry. Um, my pick is that this is going to be another sluggish. So I said Pinero, uh, Pinero, Eddie Pinero will have zero field goals in this game. Mark it down. Uh, Cairo Santos, four field goals. If the Bears get a touchdown, I think it's going to be a defense. I think this is a game where the Bears defense might have to hold the Rams under 10 points to win. And I think they do it. Whoa. I think the Bears defense is playing well. I think they're going to continue. I think they're going to show up for Monday Night Football. And this is a game that the Bears like either literally win 12 to 9 uh with those four field goals. If they do get a touchdown, you know, it could be 19 to 9. It's going to be something like that. Bears win though. Wow. They're 6-point dogs on the road. So my safe pick is Rams leaving 20 leaving, winning 23-20 with the Bears covering. You got them winning. The Bears yeah. winning 19 to 9. Be quite the statement on Monday Night Football. I think it might be less. Than, I mean, I don't, like I said, it'll only be 19-9 if they get a defensive touchdown. Otherwise, it's going to be less. All this high-flying offense this year. Get ready for Monday night field goal fest. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> field right, goal fest. Should we do some of these other games? Uh... Look at you. I think you shorted us a game. Yeah, I didn't like. Well, I guess the they shifted things around too, the NFL. Yeah, literally while we've been recording, um, I guess there's been some issues with the Bucks and Raiders today with COVID. I, got, I don't know. I missed that this morning. That's just coming out. I don't know. Um, that was supposed to be the Sunday night game, though. And I was wondering about this. You know, they've been shifting all these games around, but. We've ended up with two games on Monday night a lot of these weeks, which has been cool. We had a, a, thir- a Tuesday game. We lost out on a Thursday. So what they did was they turned that Thursday game in the second Monday night game, right? So so Fox still got their Thursday game. But I thought about what happens if NBC loses their Sunday night game? Well, to make sure that doesn't happen this week, they swap two games. So instead of it's, it's not Bucks Raiders anymore, it's Seahawks Cardinals. Uh, you just drive those trucks. They were they were headed to Vegas and just you know go to Phoenix, six hours away. Um, but that is interesting to switch a game like that on a Thursday. That's the type of stuff that's going to happen this season. That wasn't one of our games, was it? No, but we could put it on there now. Sure, like the it. Vikings, the the white flag wearing Vikings are on a bye. Vikings are on a bye. 
We'll do this. We'll start uh, noon central on Fox. Lions and Falcons. Falcons, a two and a half point favorite. Yeah, how about that? You know, you beat up on the Vikings. You make the the Vikings quit on the season. Now you're favorite at home against the Lions. Give me the Falcons in this. I I just feel like they're going to play for Raheem Morris a bit here. I feel like the Lions are becoming the Lions. I know Stafford's playing okay, but we always say that. Give me the Falcons in this one. Covering, winning outright and covering. Yeah, the Lions did what I thought they would do last week, and that's going to Jacksonville and just you know, take care of a bad football team. I don't think we think the Falcons are as bad. Um, and I do think that if there's a team where they're – yeah, they could respond positively to a coaching change. It makes sense it's the Falcons. I don't love the fact that it's two and a half points, but I guess my gut says it's smarter. It's smarter to take the Falcons than to ever take Matt Patricia. that a good rule? Yes. I think it is. All right, also noon central time on Fox. Uh, where, where's our friend Patrick Finley? CBS Steelers and uh, Steelers at Titans. This is a good game. Yeah, yeah. I had to put this one in. Um, I think the Titans are for real. Uh, like serious Super Bowl contender. I'm not so certain the, the Steelers are, even though they haven't lost yet this season. Their defense is outstanding. They do get Big Ben. Uh, I like the Titans in this. I feel like it's one of those just impre- impressive statement wins that a, that a team like this Titans can, can make. And, you know, Mike Vrabel, Adam, I know you'd like this. Did you see the clip of, not the clip, but maybe the breakdown of him, like essentially throwing out the, the 12th man on the field in order to take the penalty to reserve time on the clock? I mean, that is, as yes. much as Matt Nagy gets ripped for his is time management. That, that's like next-level time management by Mike Vrabel to secure himself, to secure his team more time when they're trailing. Mike Vrabel's a good coach. It's a well-coached team um, that has a beast in Derrick Henry. I doubted Ryan that Ryan Tannehill could re- repeat what he did last year, and so far it's they, it seems like a machine. Now, I had the Steelers number one in my power rankings this week. They are, they're playing well on both sides of the ball, too. They have a great defense. However, they did lose Devin Bush last week, and that's a big that's a big deal. Uh, I guess I'll go Titans. This is a tough game to call. It's a good game. It's a good game to watch. Yeah. You know, the Titans were losing to the Texans last week for a long time, but they were dominant the week before against the Bills. I'll take the Titans. I think they keep it rolling here. Uh, they're at home for whatever that's worth this year, and uh, I'll also go with the Titans. What question are you asking me? Noon, Central, Fox. Definitely be watching this game. The Green Bay Packers at the Houston Texans. Texans three-and-a-half-point home underdogs. Trying to figure out the, the Green Bay Packers to see them – get completely throttled by the Buccaneers. This should be alarming for everybody up up in Green Bay, especially after their, their their fast start. This seems like a game where Aaron Rodgers is going to bounce back and like have one of the, one of his vintage, you know, four touchdown Aaron Rodgers like games. But um, I see this as a shootout. Take the over in, in this one for sure. Uh, looking forward to Aaron Rodgers going toe to toe with uh, Deshaun Watson. But the Packers they're the superior team. The Texans are a mess. 
this is going to be a shootout, but it's going to be going to be one that the Packers win and cover. Uh, yeah, I just don't think the Texans are that good. Um, Packers, like it's the NFL. You have bad weeks. I kind of saw it coming off the bye for Tampa. Tom Brady, desperate after losing the Bears. Um, I didn't expect it to be that big, but uh, Packers are much better than the Texans. I actually feel relatively confident about this one, so I'm going to go ahead and do this. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. All right, so two words, Aaron Rodgers. Um, Hall of Fame. Two words. Miscovering that guy. No, he's the best. Nice try, Purnell. Uh, all right, 325 Central, CBS, 49ers at the Patriots, Jimmy Garoppolo. Going back to New England. Cam Newton was bad last week. Can't throw the football well. Serious threat with his legs. Not so serious with his arm. That never bodes well for any offense. It was a quiet week for the Bears should have signed Cam Newton and Andy Dalton crowd. Yeah, there was an Andy Dalton crowd. I didn't know that one existed. But the Cam Newton crowd uh, was quiet after seeing what he did um, last week. So I think it continues. I think Jimmy G goes in to New England, a place where he's going to be comfortable with everything, the feel, the vibe, all of it, even without fans there. He wins, makes Bill Belichick even madder than he was to answer a question about Jimmy Garoppolo this week. Give me the the 49ers winning outright in this one. I agree. Um, I think the line, Patriots by two, it's got to be based mostly off of just no way he thinks Bill Belichick's going to lose at home two weeks in a row, right? I mean, they were 10-point favorites on the Broncos last week, and they lost at home. Like, it's a good chance the Patriots aren't that good. Very good chance. And the 49ers, I thought, made a statement last week against the Rams. Like, you know, we're, yeah, we've had a lot of injuries, got some quarterback issues. We're still well-coached. Enough talent here. We're going to figure it out. So I like the 49ers. And and I'll take them there in that spot. Um, All right, since we mentioned it, let's quickly uh, close up with the uh, Seahawks-Cardinals game. This is a good game. Kyler Murray looked good last week. Wasn't that the Sunday night? Or was that Monday night? That was Monday night. So so back-to-back primetime games for Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Um, Good test here for the Seahawks. Coming out of a bye, Russell Wilson against that secondary and uh, I guess I don't have the line in front of me. I'm going to have to look this up. Real I got quick. it right here, my friend. Okay. The Arizona Cardinals are home dogs, right? They're at home. They sense. are plus three and a half. They looked good last week, but it happened against the Cowboys. I'm going to take... Um, ooh. That's a good spot. That line's right where it should be. Because the Seahawks have not been like crushing teams. Nope. They got some. They got some problems in their secondary too. I'll take the Seahawks though. I like them to win, right around there, like right about four or five points. Yeah, I like the Seahawks as well. Russell Wilson is the MVP of the season thus far. He has been outstanding, best quarterback in football right now. Sorry, Patrick Mahomes. The numbers say Russell Wilson is it. I like the. I'm going to say the Seahawks. You can even lock them up here. They win by a touchdown. 
Um, really like what Russell Wilson is doing this season. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. I need him to carry me, man. Two quarterback league, lost Dak. It hurts. This is where the uh, podcast ends when Adam Hogue brings up his fantasy football team again. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much true. No, don't care. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H O G E, at Adam Johns, J A H N S. Read Johnsy at The Athletic. Theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns, The Athletic app. It's awesome. You should have it. Download it, read it. And you can read me at NBCSportsChicago.com. Please rate and review the podcast. We appreciate you doing that. Thanks to our producer, Ken Garrison. Thanks to our guest, Rich Hammond. Good stuff from him. Bears, Rams, Monday night. We'll talk to you after the game on our post-game show. See ya. Y'all stay corona-free, all right? And God bless.